I would say diversity is extremely important to your business. It's a smart business decision. Like that that's all it is. This is Clara Horton, founder of Checkrunch Shine and head of people and community at Gather. The founders look kind of, you know, take a hard look in the mirror and realize, you know, am I building this company to to prove a point, to be right, or am I building it to really build a great business and be proud of that people are proud to work for me, right? I think that's the approach you want to take when you are building a successful startup. Clara is also working on a side project called Holistic Superfoods, an e-shop selling health blends to improve your energy and health. And as the Garland Tech, today we talk about gender in the industry and provide advice for those underrepresented to take the leap. Women tend to look at a company as an organism versus what I notice in, in a lot of male companies is that they look at the company as a hierarchy. And this looking at a company as an organism, as you know, the sort of ecosystem where every piece of the puzzle, every every employee with their individual skills sort of falls into this beautiful mosaic. With Clara today, we will discuss her latest venture and how different characteristics and diversity can influence a startup's operation and direction. This is Savvy with Sparring, where we talk to founders, investors, and people in the startup ecosystem about entrepreneurship and getting a business off the ground. I'm Annabelle Pemberton, Legal Mind at Sparring, and I'll be guiding you through how business and law mesh together. So as you know, my name is Clara and I currently work in a tech company called Gather. My role there is head of people and community. Uh, I've worked in several tech companies. I sort of call myself the girl in tech. Um, and apart from my full-time role, I've also founded a startup community called Czech Run Shine, uh, which has been acquired by the Czech media Czech Crunch uh, last year, which is really exciting for our team. So we're now in sort of the growth stage of our community. I decided to establish or found uh, a company with, uh, with one of my friends that's uh, focusing on uh, a healthier lifestyle and uh, is helping its users or its customers to um, sort of balance their their busy life and all of their responsibilities uh, by adding a few extra nutrients and vitamins into their into their daily routine. So um, that's how Holistic Superfoods was actually founded. Um, it was uh, sort of a like a passion of mine to uh, to start looking more into you know, the things that we're eating and drinking and how can that influence our daily energy, our attitude, even our mindset. Um, and uh, I started really experimenting with the different supplements I was taking. Uh, I'm also vegan. So I wanted to make sure that everything's sort of in that in that direction. And I found superfoods. There's so many dried superfoods that you can start adding to your, uh, to your meals, to your smoothies, or just sort of drink them on, on your own. And uh, I couldn't really find a brand that would like suit all my needs that would be kind of balanced in the way I'm looking and uh, in, in the way that I'm, you know, what I'm looking for. Uh, so we decided to, to do that ourselves. And we founded um, the, the company a few months ago. We just launched uh, and yeah, we started selling uh, sort of ready to go superfood mixes that are always balanced out in uh, in the purpose that they, they were built for. So we currently have uh, three, three products. When starting an eShop, you will need a website. We will go into the ins and outs and requirements for your eShop in another episode, 
but remember to have a general terms and conditions and a privacy policy if you are collecting data. Our ingredients are 100% uh, natural. We don't add any sugars. Um, it's all vegan. Uh, and uh, our, our dream basically is to is to start working with, uh, with farmers that actually you know, uh, that farm these and harvest these, uh, these ingredients so that we could become fair trade. Uh, so that's like the next step for our company. And this, this whole year will be basically about finding the best vendors we can, because the, the overall market in superfruits can be really unethical. Um, and we don't, we want to make sure that if we're building a brand that's, you know, great for us, it's also great for, for the environment and other humans that are, that are, you know, helping us to, to become better. Um, and also what's kind of specific about, you know, holistic is that, um, you know, we are sort of in the supplement category, but we're not really supplements. Before you sell anything on your eShop, if you are operating out of the Czech Republic or Slovakia, ensure that you have a trade already set up to operate your business from. It's like basically if you did, if you had a, you know, a plate of, of fruit, except this is dried and it has, uh, you know, it's higher volume because it's dried. You can add a bit more than you would be you know, able to consume or that you would like to consume uh, on a daily basis. Um, so we're kind of in like in between the uh, like the fruit uh, vegetable section and and supplements uh, so it's really um, yeah, it's it's a it's a product I'm really passionate about depending on your e-shop you might need a license to operate for example if you are selling food it's important that your license that you're operating under does allow you to sell goods that you can eat it is also a requirement for many local markets for you to have a license to sell the goods you sell. The good news is the process should not be too lengthy and you should be required to indicate the type of trade you want to create, bring all the required documents, pay the fee, and you will have a license or a Jevnost. I had the idea kind of, um, I would say last year, June maybe, and I immediately talked to my friend because she was working in another food startup at the time. And uh, I just had this, like, my vision was very unsharp. I was just telling her, I love smoothies. I've been, you know, doing them every day. I follow all these different people that have these, you know, great tips on what to add, when to add it, what's great, you know, to combine. If, um, you know, if I have a fatigue, fatigue or if, um, if I have a hangover, like what type of superfoods are great for you? Um, and she, she loved the idea. So we started developing our products uh, during the summer. We have covered the topic of ensuring good relations between co-founders in our previous episode with Annie Saar. So if you are just starting out, you can give that a quick listen. The bottom line is to make sure you write your agreement down between co-founders. Um, then we had like a huge batch of tasting uh, in, uh, in, in, the, uh, in the autumn, in the fall. Uh, and we were also a part of an accelerator for women. Uh, so we had a chance to get a mentor and really put our business together. Before we hear Clara's experience about joining an accelerator, you may be wondering when you should found a company rather than operate only under a trade license. Founding a company allows you as a founder to be protected from liabilities that may occur in relation to your operations. In the CEE region, it is recommended that you form a company for your eShop once your revenue is over a few thousand euros a month or you have accepted angel investment. We were a part of um, the accelerator from uh, from July last year. So uh, the accelerator, I think it finished around November. It was an accelerator for women in agri-food and food startups. It was organized by EIT um, and we heard about it uh, 
I guess somewhere from the community. Um, we did we did a research, and I would say that we found it somewhere on one of our startup community websites. Um, yeah, it, it was an interesting experience uh, from from our point of view. Definitely, it helped us to it help uh, it really helped us to like be pushed uh, in a way that we had deadlines and had you know certain things that we had to work on. On another hand, there was a lot of time investment. So if we had to decide whether to go in an accelerator now, uh, we would probably say no, just because from what we learned from the experience, we we knew a lot of the things that you know everyone was going through, putting together a business plan or figuring out a budget or you know your go-to-market strategy. It wasn't that sort of our bread and butter working in startups. Um, so we figured it was it was extremely time consuming for us. Um, so uh, that was it was a great experience. Like I'm really happy that this was we got this sort of off our list at the very beginning. Uh, and it was it was a learning experience. And now we know that, you know, what we want to do with the business and what we where we need to invest time versus where we don't want to invest time is very, very clear to us. Clara and her co-founder Anezka are both from the startup world, so initially thought high growth was the only way forward. However, since beginning Holistic Superfoods, they have taken a more sustainable approach to the progress of the business. You don't say I'm founding a company, I'm founding a business. Everybody says I'm founding a startup. And Mm -hmm. the thing about startup is that that you have to be uh, very high growth, right? You have to be super fast. Um, But we figured, you know, for us, this this stage will come and I think it will be, you know, it might be later this year when things will sort of flip for us once we sort of figure everything out. Um, But on the other hand, you know, I still feel that the experience I'm getting from my uh, regular work experience and other, my other activities is so crucial for me to, um, you know, for me to be successful in this business um, that I am still not like quite ready to let go of that yet um, and dive fully into, into our company. Let's talk mental health in startup land and why you should consider whether you're going to run a startup full-time, part-time or as a side project. Balancing everything out and taking care of your mental health and your body um, because that's sort of the mission of, of Holistic. Um, we we have this on our website when you have, you know, sort of like the mission statement why this company actually exists. And um, we're saying, you know, we, we love sports, we love yoga, we love to go for a run, but we also love popcorn and watching Netflix, right? And, um, but we also work late. Sometimes we get up very early, we don't get enough sleep. We have a lot of meetings, a lot of phone calls during the day. And it sometimes it can just be really hard to, to balance everything out, right? Particularly with bootstrapped projects, you'll need to adjust your other priorities to make sure you have enough time to nurture your new venture. However, making your idea a reality alongside another job can give you the experience or financial security that you might need. It really depends on which circumstances work best for the founder and the type of business. You know, the key to it is really building resilience um, and figuring out the things that help you build resilience. That's sort of the journey we should all be on uh, to, yeah, to be to be a bit more happy with uh, where we're at. So what can some of these setbacks look like? We were really, really extremely hard on ourselves in the beginning in terms of timing. We would have uh, like weekly calls with my with my co-founder every single week, trying to do progress every single week. Um, and she has a full-time job, plus she's writing a book. And uh, I have a full-time job, plus I'm running a community, right? So um, we were really, really putting that in perspective and we were kind of treating this as another full-time job. And then, you know, 
and we had this sort of like silence on our on our um sort of company slack channel where were only the two of us over over the holidays over the christmas this year and then i told her you know we cannot begin to resent this project because we were really we really love the products, the mixes, we, the blends we put together taste amazing. The colors are so positive and, you know, it cannot have the effect that we're burned out out of the amazing, amazing product that's supposed to help people from becoming burned out. Right. Um, so I think that was like the biggest learning for us to like really figure out the speed that we need to go with um, and really be smart about how we're prioritizing things. And I feel like people talk about this all the time. But you need to be so smart about how you prioritize the things that you would want to do and the things that you want to do. Um, so I think that was like the biggest learn from from the last few months of us starting uh, starting the business. There's something goes wrong like literally every single week, and it's uh, I, I love the experience. And we we always um, my co-founder and I we sort of collaborate a async uh, via voice messages. So it's really amazing to for her to hear me complain about something you know three times in, in one voice message and vice versa. Um, but uh, there were so many things that gone that have gone wrong. Some of these issues eShop owners may face may be prevented by ensuring solid written agreements from the beginning. Like a brick and mortar store, when working with online retailers, it is important to ensure you have supply agreements in place to govern your corporation. While a contract isn't a substitute for communication with your supplier, it can ensure you receive compensation if things do go wrong and provide fair terms if you need to terminate the contract. From uh, us not, you know, predicting correctly, um, like, planning our financials to uh, working with uh, our suppliers that gave us the ingredients that just weren't really, you know, in the way that we needed them to be, uh, to picking our brand, to working with external vendors. It's been, there have been like so many mistakes we have had along the way. While contracts cannot ensure better gender representation in startups, understanding the benefits of having a diverse team and why it's important to be inclusive can. To have a diverse team, it does not mean that you need to hire, you know, that every single person has to be different from the last one. But it means to, uh, it means, you know, in, in my opinion, it means that you're taking the steps into becoming more aware of, of how you're behaving and how everybody around you is behaving and how you're perceived. And, you know, that's the, that's, you know, a skill a lot of companies are missing. I never really noticed that I was sort of the only girl entering a team after only after like a few months, you sort of see a few patterns and um, I've had uh, really bad experiences and really great experiences. Um, and not, like, I would say not only like only recently, I realized how many bad experiences I've actually had and I've just taken them as an automatic thing at work. Um, because that was the benchmark, right? So this is a topic that's really, really tough to talk about. And I think it's, um, you know, we need to encourage more girls to be able to really look, you know, inward and figure out what our boundaries are before society um, and these, you know, male-dominated companies set them for us. Uh, so I did that. And, you know, I was very lucky, again, to have amazing teams that were extremely supportive. Um, and, you know, apart from like few, very few bad experiences, um, I've never, I've never really had any issues. 
I'm not counting the times when, you know, a colleague of mine, uh, you know, a guy would be leaving an office and would say, all right, bye guys. And I was there or like entering a room saying, hello boys. And I was like, yeah, hello girl. You know, you kind of make fun of it and then they realize Um, that's like the small thing. (laughs) Being in a minority in a team can be lonely. Clara and I discussed about ways to overcome this in entrepreneurship. You know, not having like a fellow girl to talk to when you need to talk to someone at work that you can just sort of hang out by the water cooler with and, you know, share share some of your topics that might not be as interesting as for your, you know, male colleagues. Um, that's the only thing. But I feel like, you know, if you find a few friends you can like co-work with, like I have, um, that's like a great, great way to sort of fight, fight with the loneliness. So what can founders learn from each other? This is just like my, my personal experience from being the observer in, in, in the community for, for a while now and for working for a few of those companies as well. Um, unfortunately, I've never worked for a female founded company. Maybe that will happen one day. Um, uh, um, but yeah, from what I've noticed, the attitude towards actually starting the business, I would say women are much more cautious and they are much more perfectionist in the way that they want to be ready for any sort of scenario. And the same goes for talking to investors. Um, that's, I think, like the attitude towards the general business and how prepared I am as a founder. Uh, women are, they are expected to get, they're ex- I would say they're expecting to re- get rejected more than uh, male founders. So I've noticed that the preparation, and I noticed this even on, on myself and uh, my co-founder, that our preparation going to a meeting or even when we were in, in the accelerator was the, the approach was very different. And, you know, the confidence is very different than in a male-led startup. Um, another thing uh, I would say is also very interesting. And please don't take this that um, in a way that this is like a female-only uh, thing. I've seen many amazing male founders doing this. But I would say it's more common in female-led companies that from the beginning, the... Um, the founder is like really pushing to build a great balanced team. And uh, not only from, you know, from like a diversity standpoint, but also from like a work-life balance standpoint. Women tend to look at a company as an organism versus what I notice in in a lot of male companies is that they look at the company as a hierarchy. And this looking at a company as an organism, as, you know, the sort of ecosystem where every piece of the puzzle, every every employee with their individual skills sort of falls into this beautiful mosaic of, um, you know, of how the business is running and what they're bringing to the table where everybody has their role. And you understand that if this really well-oiled machine is running and everybody can be really able to b- bring their s- full self to work and is really valued, no matter if they are on a junior role, on a senior role, if they are on a sales team or a people team or a product team, um, if everybody has that opportunity, it's it's marvelous, right? You can see you can see this really in the really successful companies, how heavily they invest in uh, in making sure that employees feel great in the company, right? And that they feel valued. And then you can see it in companies that always have issues with um, lack of like transparent communication, uh, people often feeling, you know, discouraged or unheard. You can see that there is this sort of pattern of having, you know, of not viewing the company as an ecosystem, but viewing it as a hierarchy. 
More and more initiatives are available to support founders in succeeding, but is this the best way forward? And what should we focus on when improving gender diversity in tech startups? First things first, if you don't understand the problem, the first things first is, you know, educate yourself. Um, try and discover, you know, why have you not understood this problem? And don't be hard on yourself. Everybody has like very different predispositions and a different history, a different background, and that's okay. And that's amazing. Um, but to like, if you're really looking at a problem and you feel like you don't understand why it's a problem in the first place, then you need a bit more education. And the best thing to do is just ask, ask someone, you know, if they have been through that situation before you Google anything or read any, you know, uh, any sort of popular articles on the topic or listen to listen to any podcast basically first thing to do see if there's someone in your environment you can relate to and ask them about this experience if they if this happened to them if they had this feeling in the past you know if they see that there is a pattern anything anything around that and second um you know in terms of in terms of companies do the exact same thing look inside the company have the leadership team supported probably by the people team uh you know look inside and see all right how can we become more uh like how can our thinking become more diverse how can our processes become more diverse how can our hiring process and the way we speak publicly become more inclusive to other people and again ask inside your team ask though ask it individually if you can ask everyone ask everyone individually on you know how are you feeling about the statement how are you feeling during the hiring process do you feel like do you get the sense from this job post that you know the company has 75% men do you feel like this job post was written by a woman right Remember that when hiring in Slovakia, a salary must be posted in the job posting. While perhaps not the spirit of the regulation, this gives a fair chance for a number of applicants to apply and can increase the likelihood of you having a broader background of applicants. This can also facilitate fairer compensation and transparency into the compensation structure in your team. Ask if what, what the feelings are, ask about the emotions, and then you will know what to do next. I think, you know, a lot of companies jump into this like right on and uh, and they start, you know, doing different different progress. But, you know, the self-awareness as a, as a member, as a team, as a company is absolutely crucial for you to understand how to solve things. Um, you know, and then you can start with baby steps. You know, if you have everyone in the company who's around the same age, Ask yourself why and, you know, figure out how valuable it would be to have someone more senior or even more junior in your team. In this episode, we discussed the basics of starting an e-shop, about mental health in entrepreneurship and encouraging diversity in your team. You can find out more about startup legalities by heading to playbook.sparring.io. This podcast is created by Sparring, the legal and strategic service for tech visionaries.